This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Welcome to another episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast. I'm your host, Cody Vladimir Burkett, CSW. I'm Megan Vidi Drinky, also CSW. I'm James McMoo, also a member of the wine industry in Arizona. <laughs> and I'm Ginger McKenzie, owner of Vino Zona. So what we've got here today is the non-vintage Pride of Dakota tomato wine from Maple <laughs> River Winery that is not red. I thought I was the Pride of Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> South Dakota, but this yeah, is that's North true. Dakota. This is North Dakota, gotcha. Synthetic Although I, I did grow up close to the border of North and South Dakota. So yeah, you were telling me your first alcohol experience? My first alcohol experience was a tomato beer, and I loved it. My dad mm. always drank tomato, he, like one quarter tomato juice and the rest beer. Like and then he oh, put okay. black pepper in it. Oh, so yeah, okay, uh, it's like a weird Bloody Mary. Yeah, delicious. I mean, that's kind of a South Dakota, North Dakota thing. I've heard of that before. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm surprised that this isn't red. So my guess as to why this is not red, and this is just my guess, having been in the cellar a lot, is that that red color was cut, was lost during fining infiltration uh, before bottling, would yeah. be my guess. Um, or they used green tomatoes. That's a possibility. I mean, yeah. they, it's one or the other. and yeah, I didn't get a chance really to reach out to them and ask because... Well, it seems like if it was green tomato, I would have said green tomato wine, right? Maybe. Maybe? I can smell it now, though. It smells like dirt. I like it. Yeah, it's very you smell earthy. The, I smell the, uh, yes. I don't smell this one like I did. It smells like you're in the garden planting tomatoes, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wow. can smell it from here. <laughs> I'm not going to make that mistake that I did last Ooh. time. Can I, I'm going to ease into this. That, oh, yeah, that's got some serious oh, smells like hardcore dirt. I garden. love it. It smells so sweet. Oh my god. That is weird. Ah, that makes my teeth hurt. This doesn't smell anything like what I would really expect no. tomatoes. This no. smells like green tomatoes. Okay. I mean, I grew up having a big garden every year, and this we used to or make we used to pickle green tomatoes. Yes, exactly. Tomatillos. This smells like green tomatoes, and like you're just sitting in the middle of the garden. I'm going to have to definitely catch up with this. Wow. Uh-huh. I'm scared of this. I'm a little frightened, too. I'm, I'm definitely nervous. There is a funk. Yeah. Like, it's funky. And I almost want to say there's, like, a... It's like a garden that just had a, a ton of manure dumped on top and then turned in. Yeah. yeah. It's got yeah, it that does, it smells funky damp. manure. Yeah. yeah. Damp and dank. It damp. Although, I don't know, dank is apparently a good word now. Whatever. Fucking millennials. She says to the other millennials. Whatever. We're elder millennials. We don't care. Okay, I just took the dive. Oh, God. Well, it doesn't taste anything like tomato. Okay. Like, well, like I thought it would. It. it, I think you might be right about the green tomatoes because that's what it. That's what it tastes like is the green tomato. Sweet garlicky pickled ketchup or something to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. But it's sweet. Like a while relish. you're making your faces. Oh. If like you a could read relish. Them. It's oh. like a relish. Um, yeah, right you're right. It is kind of like a, a relish. and 
Yeah. Wow, what is that weird yeah. thing? Yeah. Pour it over a hot dog? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's, yeah. Right? It's like liquid relish. It's like green and not green and <sighs> weird and not weird and... Mm. What the heck is going on? Mm. Ginger? That's an interesting taste. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know where to put it. It doesn't really say much on here. Handcrafted in small quantities. This wine lies. I have a chaser. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, this, yeah, no this would be, going back to <laughs> yeah. our argument when we were doing the uh, South Dakota, this would be, in our naming scheme, a fructine. A fructine. Yes. So this is our tomato fructine. Yes. Yes. Because we were fructine. upset that... Frucking A. <laughs> what? Frucking A. He said. We came up with an uh, idea for a wine made from fruit other than grapes. and we A name for it. Fructine. Oh. Uh, and then we were trying to figure out what to call something that was made from vegetables, like the rhubarb wine. But we ended up deciding that, well, since this is uh, 10% raspberry, we're going to call it a demi-fructine. Yes. Fructafdeutsch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so offended by this label now that I look at it more. <laughs> This is true from from a uh, designer's standpoint. That is a terrible label. Oh, let me see a name. Like they lo- like Maple River Winery is one of the most basic like, yeah, f- like fonts. Yeah, I mean it's it's like one of those ones where people are like, oh, that one's kind of cool looking. Said everyone ever. I can't think of what the name of it is, but it's like I know I've used it for other things. Pride Western Heritage. The furniture place here uses it for, yeah. like, their entire fucking website. There are three different fonts on this. I came up with a pairing. A pairing for this wine. Okay. A B-L-T. Oh, yeah. Mm. Or, actually, this would work really well, uh... You know, at the Bordello, they have that Southwest Bell, which is the deep-fried... Uh, Tomatillo. Tomatillo sandwich. Right. yes. With the B-L-T. That's, that's, this would work really well with that. We had that rhubarb wine some time back from South Dakota, which on its own was there, but it really needed to be paired with a certain kind of dessert. I think we used chocolate caramel at that time. Oh, yeah. Chocolate caramel and the the cordials. This has to be prepared prepared with some sort of a food. Yeah. Hot dog. Hot dog. That's I like your idea. That's what I keep It has kind of a relish. And it needs, like, Dijon mustard, too. Yeah. Maybe I can see that. A hot dog with Dijon mustard. I need, not, I need food with this. There is no objective flaws to this wine. I mean, it's not an unflawed wine. It's just perhaps a little sweet. Um, sweeter than I'd it's like. It's definitely which makes sense an that acquired, you know, taste. It does say it's semi-sweet A BLT too. with Miracle Whip. Ew. Oh. No. no. Replace Miracle Whip. Exactly, yeah. No. Miracle Whip doesn't belong on anything ever. Vetoed. Um, I will, however, take your BLT and replace the Miracle Whip with Dijon mustard. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, this does have a mustard smell, doesn't it? It kind of does. It has it mustard has that, like, tang. And I, yeah. do, I hate mustard, so, I mean. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I love mustard. It does have that smell. Like, now that everybody said mustard. mustard enough courage to try this wine. Yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't know there was mustard flavor to it beforehand. Yeah, it has. A, it t- tastes like the mustard greens, too. Like, oh, yeah. You need well, to finish I mean, reading. there's nothing interesting on it. <laughs> Just read the damn label, man. Well, I tried, and everybody keeps cutting me off, you know. 
But yeah, handcrafted in small quantities, this fructine <laughs> made from North Dakota tomatoes produces this exciting semi-sweet wine, an experience that will captivate your guests. No shit. Serve We're chills. captivated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the label does not lie. This is truth in advertising. We are captivated. The finish, the aftertaste is like Burger King to me. Yeah. Oh. Is... God. Yeah, I feel like this would work <laughs> with a burger too. Speaking of, uh, for for the burger, vegetarian, maybe a burger with really really um, spicy dill pickles or something. Mm-hmm. So for the vegetarian and the quarterly vegetarian, because Eastern Orthodox, uh, you guys have heard that Burger King is going to be bringing in yeah, the Impossible Burger. I did, yeah, I heard about uh, that. Which is a vegetarian, they, vegan... But they can't get enough, like Impossible can't supply them enough, so they have to up their production, so it won't be in all of them. It's going to be in a few for, for the beginning, but... Yeah. <laughs> I... I don't know how I feel about this one. Needs food. I'm trying. Hungry. The sweetness of it makes me think of marshmallows. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't know why that just hit me. I'm like, the aftertaste on the sweetness t- aspect of it tastes like marshmallows. I think it might be better without the sweet. I think yeah. so like too. Maybe, I if think this was drier, it, it might be that's better. What if I they was let thinking. it ferment all the way to the end or something. I, mean, I, I don't understand. know how they made it sweet, but yeah, well, I imagine they yes is that. But. Yeah, they had to chapelize during fermentation. I was going to say they probably because oh, there's probably not they enough sugar. sugar in it. Ooh. Well, <laughs> you, would have, you would have to because there's not enough. Well, oh yeah, have a fair amount, don't they? I... Not enough to turn all of the. Not enough yeah, to, to, to really kickstart a fermentation. Yes, that's that's yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if they put anything else in it. They might have actually. I wonder if they used grape juice yeah. like they did with the rhubarb one. Well, that was the recipe that we that we found for for rhubarb, which is actually what I'm looking at oh, now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that wasn't what they actually or what we found they actually did. Tomato wine yeah, so the sweet recipe. doesn't really work with the no, it green does not. tomato, I think, grassy, whatever going on. It would yeah. be nice if it would be if, if it, it was, was dry, dry I think but it, it might not even different. be possible to make. But it again, dry, with the right food, that sweetness could be kind of subsumed by the flavor yeah. of the food. Maybe. No, this is this wine definitely needs a food <laughs> pairing, and it would work better. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at too. So here's a, from a fancy hipster millennial site called Leaf. It is interesting. Leaf.tv. One doesn't always spring from grapes. <laughs> uh, while the majority of us will never own a vineyard, many of us do garden. One garden plant, the tomato, is hardly ever recognized for what it truly is a fruit and an ideal source crop to be turned into a homemade wine. The process is similar to canning your excess crop, and the end results are a bit more fun. Um, so, Pectic Enzyme, a Campton tablet. What the, what the fuck is a Campton tablet? It, Campton um, tablet, sing this song. Do-da, it, do-da. Um, it, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think that kills the yeasts that were on it. Oh, okay. I, th- I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Which makes sense, because you need wine yeast and yeast nutrient from a local vintner store or a reliable online supplier. Yeah. Remove stems and wash and clean water five pounds of tomatoes. Roughly chop the tomatoes. In the fermentation bucket, add chopped tomatoes, two and a half pounds granulated sugar, strange, strained juice of two lemons, one oh. half teaspoon of the peptic enzyme, one crushed Camden tablet, one gallon of spring or distilled water. Stir briskly, covers lot stand overnight. To the tomato must add one, add the packet of wine yeast, one teaspoon of wine nutrient. Stir the must twice daily. Do not add more yeast. 
After five days, strain the tomato juice thoroughly, making surge you get all the juice in the liquor. Transfer the liquid to Gemini John. Then fermentation through repeat this process. Then uh, tips, you can vary the taste of wine by using only one variety of tomatoes. Um, okay. Really? Weird. It's like with grapes. Who would have ah. thought? <laughs> My recipe is extra crispy. The guy trying to make tomato wine happen. Uh, Pasco Miche. Uh, rural Quebec. Uh, oh, that's a long freaking article. Anyway, um... So yeah, there are, there's also apparently, holy crap, there's a guy, this guy in Quebec is making tomato wine that is 16% alcohol. What? What? In, wow. Damn, get some of that. Apparently he, he was the first guy to do, and I find this doubtful. Um, yeah. But however, he this guy, he's like, no, I can't tell you how our entire process works. But... Uh, he does say that there's filtration uh, for his, although his are light pink. So I'm guessing that it must be it must have been green tomatoes used for this for, for that color. Like, it smells like green tomatoes for sure. I I I, I yeah. I feel like I'm burping up green tomatoes now too. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Like oh, I nice. said before, Lovely. there's some pleasant flavor associations going on with me personally because. I like the the aftertaste of a Whopper from Burger King. I yeah. like it. And I'm getting a similar aftertaste from this wine. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be funny. It's, it's not bad. But again, I need food. Yeah. Maybe that BLT. <clears throat> or a Whopper. Not you should a, take not the a rest Halloween of the bottle Whopper. and go get a Whopper tomorrow there and check go. it out. That's not a bad idea. Report back. <laughs> um, so North Dakota wine... Um, North Dakota is interesting because it was the very last state in the United States since probation to actually license a commercial winery. Uh, the first bonded commercial winery in North Dakota was Point of View Winery, and it was established on April 17th, 2002. Oh. The Wikipedia article hasn't been edited in an age since uh, it still lists only three wineries. Dakota Hills Winery and then Red Trail Vineyard, which this is not any of them. Clearly, because this is Maple River Winery. Um, yes, Ginger? <laughs> just say it. Oh, I was just looking at Megan's face. <laughs> <laughs> that was <so> <laughs> She's giving the bottle dirty looks. <laughs> so, so gross. <laughs> can't, can't with this. Oh. <laughs> Well, James likes it. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? That's great about wine, though. Everybody, yeah. you it's all know. subjective. So, 2012. One man's, one man's, ooh, it's another man's treasure. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no AVAs, of course, in North Dakota. Very, very tiny, <laughs> tiny industry. Uh, the grapes that are being grown, uh, Frontenac, La Crescent, St. Croix, uh, there are, uh, according to winesearcher.com, uh, 14 wineries in the state's Grape and Wine Association. Uh, with a similar number of vineyard businesses. Um, unlike uh, the wine industry in South Dakota, the the problems there are, are similar in terms of weather and, and that continental climate and that mesoclimate is really unstable for large-scale, uh, unsuitable, excuse me, for large-scale vine, uh, viticulture. 
It's growing slowly. Um, and apparently wild grapes are actually found growing alongside the riversides in North Dakota by wild settlers. Nice. But yeah, um, it's a very small industry in North Dakota. It's not nearly still as small as Nevada, uh, which still is, is tiny. Now, uh, beer is the bigger thing in, in North Dakota, and apparently North Dakota drinkers lead the nation in terms of per capita beer drinking. I believe drinking that. Drinking about it's, 40 gallons about per... I thought it was year. Wisconsin, honestly. Apparently it's North Dakota. Well, I'll be damned. Um, we will be having two other different North Dakota wines, uh, which are made from grapes later in the podcast. Both have arrived. Nice. Um, one is a white from La Crescent Petit Ami, and a third white varietal. Uh, and that's, I think, coming from Point of Pride Winery, or the, the very oldest winery. I'd have to double-check the bottle. And then the other one is made from a grape called King of the North, mm-hmm. uh, which just makes me think of Game of Thrones. He just got, I was not. just about to say he just got killed Sunday night. Oh, was that a spoiler? Maybe you yeah. should edit. Uh, by the time this airs, everyone will know that the Night King is dead. <laughs> um, good night, Night King. Sleep tight. Don't let the White Walkers bite. <laughs> but as for myself, I admit I'm not crazy about this wine at all. Um, I could see. I want to try. I I kind of want to try it with food. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe a BLT. The Southwest Bell from uh, the Bordello, which is a local restaurant in the town of Jerome, for all of you who don't live here, uh, who are listening, all 40 of you maybe now, I hope. Um, I actually have no idea what my my viewership is. Uh, Give a shout out. Um, Tangent. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, uh, actually a good Whopper might work too. Um, I could see this actually being a good fast food mm-hmm. wine. Yeah. Um, that's just not my cup Chabot of tea. Blanc, that's for sure. Yeah. Much better than Chabot Blanc. <laughs> Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. But on that note, tomato wine is weird. It is so weird doesn't understand. Not entirely unappealing. It's but... not, you know, I love tomato beer. I was kind of expecting to have some tomato flavor, like red tomato flavor. Yeah, I was. I admittedly, when I saw this, I, I didn't see the picture online. I just saw, oh, tomato wine. And I was chatting with Megan at the time, and she's like, yes, get it. Get it. So I'm um, trying to think. I know I read something, an article about it, like a contest. For somewhere in California, I think? No, so what happened was it was last year here in Arizona at the Emerging Winemakers Competition, the winning wine was a tomato wine. Really? And the judges had the hardest time trying to to place it because, objectively, I I guess they were kind of in the same boat we are in here. None of them liked the taste at all. But, well, okay, we have one person who likes the taste. I like the aftertaste. <laughs> likes the aftertaste. Um, but objectively, they, they had, because the, the way that they were judging, taste wasn't really a factor. It was all on uh, yeah. lack of flaws and all these other characters, you know, whether it was objectively a good wine. And so I want to say it was Tom Messier, uh, Tom, Tom something, 
Uh, this is the same the, um, kind of thinking that gave Gandhi the best picture award. <laughs> please continue. <laughs> so anyway, he, he got the, the gold medal for, for best wine in, in, in the competition because of... Objectively, it was not a flawed wine. This objectively uh, is not a flawed wine. I mean, it's not it's suffering from VA. It's not... No. Cloudy. It's not this. It's not you know. It's not it's, flawed. I just, just weird. I I don't like it. No. And that's okay because you know, wine is you, subjective. Wine is subjective. Yeah, that's true. And just because a wine is objectively well made does not mean that you have to like it. To to use something that I say often in the tasting room, uh, what I, I refer to as the. I think E.T. should have gotten it. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. 80, 1982, something like that. I digress. Please continue. Um, thanks, James. I've lost my entire freaking train of thought. A wine can be... Oh, okay. So, yes. So, this is what I tell people in the tasting room when they're afraid of not liking something and they say, like, oh, I, I don't think I like any of these because I'm not a connoisseur. It's like, any wine that you like, for you, is objectively a good wine. If anyone else tells you something differently about the wine in your hand that you like, or the wine that you didn't like, that's whatever, over here, they're trying to sell you something. And that's not cool. Because yeah. wine is subjective, and it's supposed to be in... All of us have spent time in taste rooms, or own tasting rooms, uh, as I motion over here to Ginger. Um, the little tiny tasting room. <laughs> still. But still, it's, it's a tasting room. The little tasting room of crap. Yes, exactly, that's what I call it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't like this. Um, going back to a conversation we've had in multiple wines, um, I'm not sure what the purpose of this wine is, um, because, you know, some wines we may not like, but that's because we, we don't aren't having them with their, their purpose that they're made for. Just throw it into a mixed drink with tequila, it'll be fine. Oh, you know what? I could maybe picture that. Mm -hmm. Which my thought was going to be, I could potentially see this as part of a base for a Bloody Mary. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Now we're talking. Now put some real tomato juice in yeah, there. Yeah, put some tomato juice in there. <laughs> tomato wine, a little bit of vodka. You know what? Piece of bacon, that pepper. That wine, like with so. like the same mix my dad used to do with a quarter tomato juice and three quarters wine. Might I mean three quarters beer might be really good with this. Mm -hmm. Like three yeah. quarters wine, quarter. Yeah, but yeah, and that's and the thing. We onion. you know if we don't like it, maybe there's a purpose for it that we're just not familiar with. Yeah. Because tomato wine is not an Arizona thing. Tomato, anything is not an Arizona thing. No, you know, no. the aftertaste on this wine is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, I like it, but on the other hand, it's not going away. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not That's going why away. I had to get a chaser. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Kind of like a Whopper aftertaste. But on that note, um, let's make America grape again. Or in this case, let's make America tomato again. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com 
on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagreatagainpodcast.com.